Welcome back to episode eight of a podcast about New York sports. I'm Sam Allen, joined with Matt McFeely today. It is a fall Friday, if I've ever felt one. It's about 65 degrees, beautiful, sunny. Fall weather is in the air. Fall baseball is in the air. That's what we're going to start with today. Matt, how you feeling about today? How you feeling about, I don't know, Judge is going for some record, right? I think I heard something about that. Yeah, well, we can get to Judge. I think the most important news of the day that I wanted us to touch on is we have perhaps the songbird of our generation performing at the Super Bowl this year. At least that's what all reports indicate. Um, I, I mean, I think we're in for probably the best Super Bowl halftime of all time. So oh, really? uh, you, I'm really excited. First about of that. all, hold it's on. A, this was an absolute blindside block flag on the play blindside block long. chop block on the defense uh, targeting whatever penalty you want to call on that. That was a total blindside little uh, behind the curtain. We just had a little five, 10 minute pre-show meeting. There was no Taylor Swift mentioned in the pre-show and I would have totally, maybe not have even recorded if I knew that Taylor Swift would, would have been the lead story today. So not on me. You guys can blame that on that. If you guys don't like that, uh, t- not a Taylor Swift fan. I don't know what kind of fan base we have, but I assume someone have, likes Taylor Swift. We could have a Jets Giants Super Bowl, and I would care way more about the halftime performance. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for today. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but all no, jokes yeah. aside, I, I, I mean, I get it. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the biggest fan of, I guess, that choice. Uh, I, I don't I don't have any ill will against Taylor Swift, but I think I said before, you know, nothing gets me more hyped up for a second half than good old Taylor Swift. Like, I mean, I don't know. I think just in general, the Super Bowl halftime show last year was good, but yeah, I, I just so. think that it's just gone from a I don't know there. It's it's just a big performance now. It's not really like any sort of like it's not supposed to hype anyone up or it's not supposed to be in tune with, like you know, the big football tough guy thing. I mean, it's Taylor Swift. It's yeah. couldn't be more opposite of like uh, a fan base, but I guess everyone nonetheless, Super Bowl though. So it's kind of just try to get yeah, everyone. I mean, involved. she's a look, she's a superstar. I'm not going to sit oh, here yeah. and say that she isn't deserving of the stage. What I would say is again, they're just, I think the Super Bowl, when I think of the Super Bowl halftime, I think of like, I don't know, rock and roll, or I mean, even, even someone that can like, you know, dance and get the crowd moving. I don't know. I don't see Taylor Swift as, I wouldn't want like Drake doing it. I don't think. Are you gonna? I don't leave, know. Are you gonna leave the television during the halftime show? Um. Wow, that's a tough question. I think the fact that it's tough kind of says it all for me. Like, <laughs> I, no other way, no other performer. I shouldn't say that, but in previous years, there hasn't been a time where I was like, "Wow, I really am not going to sit and watch this." Mm-hmm. But this is probably the closest I'll be to like, I'm good. So speaking of good, uh, I guess we'll start off with Aaron Judge. I mean, we talk about it. I think we've literally spoken about Judge on about every podcast and rightfully so. I mean, uh, you, we've seen it the last couple of nights that guys are just not pitching to him. Uh, he, the Red Sox made one mistake pitching to him yesterday and he hit it 422 feet and they need to go 423. You I, I have way, no right? more words. You thought that was Yes, out. but – that was more product of the camera guy yeah. more so than yeah no and it was it was uh, it was fifteen of thirty fifteen I think it said fifteen of thirty MLB parks it would have been a home run in so I mean yeah I, I, I personally I'm going to the game on Saturday 
So it's Friday now that we're recording this. So selfishly, I'm hoping that he doesn't hit it tonight. I mean, if he hits it tonight on the Apple TV broadcast, uh, I think they said, did they confirm Michael K was going to be on that? Well, I don't, I don't know, but, but it would just tie, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. But so he's going for 61. Almost, so wouldn't, wouldn't you rather him hit one tonight and then. And break the record. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess you're probably right. I mean, I just, I don't care what the number is. I, I would just love to see one of them. If yeah. I go, if I'm there tomorrow and he hits and he ties Maris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's cool with me. Um, again, I was by the way. 109. I got an amazing deal that uh, I think I told you my tickets are. Oh, yeah. We spoke about the ticket value and you were like, oh, I would sell them if I were you. Yeah. Didn't you say that? Yeah. 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 yeah I remember that. So I don't know. I'm still going to go. I'm, I'm excited. I think that uh, it's, it's getting a little, this might be like a terrible thing for me to say, but like it's getting a little bit overstated. Like, I think it's amazing that every, I think, the home runs are cool. Yeah, it's amazing that he's hitting all these, but I think it's just to put a spotlight on just his home runs this season is really not putting the season in a hole. I mean, he's he's not hitting 250 with 60 home runs. He's hitting, you know, almost 320 with 60 yeah. home runs and 100. He's going to hit 130, 140 RBIs, which is might be even more impressive now than uh than the home runs given now baseball has turned into, you know, three true outcomes. People well, the, aren't on base. The most impressive part is that he's doing both at the same time. Uh, like, I, I don't know the number, but I would like to know a triple crown winner. Like, what's the max amount of home runs that a person who has won the triple crown has hit? Because it, it can't be 60. Well, no, no one no one with 60 has ever won the triple crown, I don't think. Right. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, like to I'd know assume it's in that 50 range. Mm. Yeah, I, I would assume that, but that would, that would be interesting. I would love to see... I would love to see outside of bonds and we're not going to get into the steroid debate today. Just don't know if you wanted to do that, but we're just uh, not going to. No, we don't have to. I mean, like, I, I guess the argument we were having yesterday was, do you view this as a, as a true record? And I guess my stance was just that. I think if you went or if you walked around the Bronx five months ago and just went around and asked people who's the home run King, I think everyone would have said Barry Bonds. And now people are kind of just like twisting themselves into a pretzel to maybe enjoy this a little bit more. And it is cool. I don't think it's nothing, but I, I don't know. Well, my stance on, on, I guess, I get, I guess we will get into a little bit of the steroid thing. Cause it's kind of hard to avoid this topic without mentioning it. Yeah. But my stance is this is just another example of kind of like behind closed doors or almost like in the background of how like poorly baseball has been managed and run up to this point. I mean, when you consider all the lockouts and you consider all of the just like terrible bargaining agreements and, and just like things that the, that happen that like aren't on the field pretty much. This is just another one of those things that, I mean, all these guys get tested positive for steroids and then they, the MLB almost puts all the fans in a position where you kind of have to choose a side. And now there's a, just a great divide among the fan base on who's the real leader. Who is this person real? Yeah. Did this person really do this? Is he really deserving of the Hall of Fame? Oh, and then this person is, but okay, but this person's not. Yeah. Like, so it's really a terrible situation for us fans, I think. I Because really, if lifting of any other sport, Brady can break the touchdown record in one season and it would be undisputed. LeBron James can go break the most points in a season and it would be undisputed. Baseball is like one of the few sports that anytime anything happens, 
someone's going to have a dispute, whether it's I've even seen people say that, oh, well, you know, if you consider uh, all leagues, then you have to consider like the Negro leagues. And then if you do that, then you have to consider like like Ichiro playing over. I yeah. mean, all these different leagues, like it's just so many different caveats that have to go into it. I think that the MLB really, um, I guess, mismanaged and kind of dropped the ball on on allowing their sport to have that. And it's kind of a poor thing. And it's a consequence of what we find ourselves in now. Yeah, the fact that there's any record where you can ask two different people and get two different answers. Yeah, um, it's a number. It just outlines. Yeah. Kind of how silly baseball uh, kind of is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what is the triple crown race like right now? How, like how many points above or how many points? Well, Arise was folding last time I checked. He was, um, I'm going to actually go ahead and check right now, but uh, I think there was like two days in a row where he was like, Oh, for 10. Yeah, he's not even in second place anymore. It's actually Bogarts, which is cool because now that the Yankees are playing the Red Sox, we can kind of watch this unfold yeah. in real time. If you know, judge gets a hit on his, I, I don't know where I forgot where Bogarts batted yesterday. I'd assume in the top three, maybe. But if Ju- if Bogarts gets out in the first inning, do you think Judge has even a, like even the slightest bit more of pressure to get a hit? <laughs> yeah, even even if he says he doesn't, I think he is. But but yeah. good, good news for uh, for Bogarts is Garrett Cole's on the mound, so he, he has a shot to go three for three in his first three at bats. Yeah, he'll he'll hit a home run in the first <laughs> inning today. It's Friday I, again, so we're talking about the Cole start, but. Uh, it's uh yeah I, I actually just was reading an article about um i think i sent it about cole this year and how uh it's he might not be pitching too poorly but he's he's now tied with the al lead in home runs allowed and is too shy of his personal worst and he's allowed eight home runs over his last five starts and the red sox have hit more home runs off of cole than any other team which if you're a yankee fan is like you don't care if the Red Sox were 0 and 162 and they hit five home runs off of him on the last game of the season or 0 and 161 and they hit five home runs on the last game of the season, Yankee fans would not be happy about that. It just yep. you need to beat the Red Sox, you need to do good against the Red Sox, and that's just part of the job, it's part of the requirements. So, uh, and again, everyone remembers the wild card. Cole absolutely just wasn't up to it, totally just folded in the first inning. First, the Yankees got nothing out of him. Um, so it's the Jerry Salad. I think this is a very undersung start for Cole. He wasn't that good. He was okay last time out. He gave up that three home, three run home run in the first inning, but now he's got to do it against the Red Sox and double whammy. He's got to look good with only probably one or two more starts in the regular season before the postseason. Well, I guess I guess it'll be nice to get a couple more tough starts uh, for Cole to see if he can try to ramp it up before the postseason. Um, I do just want to chime in here. Since we've started recording up till now, the Taylor Swift Super Bowl rumor has been debunked. Yeah, I've, I just saw that. That's <laughs> what's going on. She got scared. Yeah. yeah well, scared well, of the big stage. What a shame. I'm uh, uh, I hope I hope the guy who started the rumor never, never comes across me in the street. It's going to happen. Uh, Kanye is going to come onto the stage and be like, Taylor, Beyonce had one of the greatest Super Bowl performances of all time. <laughs> but uh, all right, back to back to what really matters. Um, you want to move over to the Mets? I feel like yeah. there might be even a bigger story than the Yankees. The Yankees are kind of taking all the limelight, you know, big brother, little brother stuff. Nothing new here. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, the Mets, 
some shocking DeGrom news came out this week. Not really shocking, but like kind of, I think he's got one foot out the door myself. Yeah. Well, Buster only MLB insider has been beating that drum since wintertime. And I do believe it because I, I mean, you see the clips of DeGrom, whether it's like, even if it's in a playful way, kind of running away from the media. He, I, I don't know. I just don't think he's a New York guy. And Me neither. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the rumor is he wants to go to Atlanta, which I guess is. Yeah, that's wanna, crazy. I guess you want to be close to Florida, but like who wants to play for Tampa Bay or Miami? But um, no, but honestly, yeah, no, he's... honestly I, I, I get why Met fans feel a way about it. But like, but isn't it almost like I'm OK if he goes? I think DeGrom is 35 years old, right? So he's not young. I know that. And he's going to want, I, I think, more than Scherzer annually. I don't I'm not sure I want to give him that. And he's well, probably also still too, the best player in baseball, but. Also, too, and you know, I, th- I think about this stuff a lot, and I actually factor this into a lot of just like the way I think about teams and stuff like that. But we have a running joke, uh, the Machado punching him in the face joke. <laughs> I really think that, Matt, picture yourself, right? You're Scherzer, and you got a guy who's, you know, we can argue who's better all day long, but you got a guy who's saying, coming in saying, all right, I'm up for a contract. I want more than this guy. <laughs> and he's your teammate. Like, is, wouldn't that just automatically create like a little bit of uh, awkwardness among the whole season? Because, I mean, maybe it's competi- it'll be competitive where they'll both be like always trying to one-up each other, which if you're the Mets, you might want that. But is that going to be worth uh, close to $100 million? I don't, I don't think it makes anything awkward. I think that's just kind of the way that contracts go. Um, but I don't know. Like if you're, if you're a Mets fan, do you really feel some sort of way if DeGrom walks at this age – with his, you know, history of health. Like, I, I don't know. I, I With Steve Cohen in, you have to think you could replace him to some extent. Well, you, that's the thing. And that's the thing that's been different for, I guess, a long time now that has changed with the Mets is now I feel like Mets fans actually feel some confidence that you will be able to get someone that will replace him. Yep. Uh, maybe not monetarily. You might not have to pay someone $40 million to replace him, but you might be able to find someone – I mean, they got Bassett. He's been a great signing for them. Yeah. And even and even if they go into next season with, let's say, even their one, two, three is Scherzer, Bassett, Walker. Still yeah. pretty good. Yeah, like, he's up for it. You know, yeah. when, we, when we talk about the Aaron Judge extension, um, I guess the downside is that everyone likes to talk about, well, what about when he hits this age? What about towards the end of the contract? You would have to think that a long-term extension for DeGrom would look uglier in the future than one for judge. Well, no yeah, one talks about that. You're not, you're not wrong, but you got to think with DeGrom too. People can say judges injury prone, non-injury prone, whatever you want to say about it. But DeGrom is like, arguably, I would argue that he's become one of the most injury prone pitchers in the entire league. Yeah. It's every and, year. It's, and he, it's doesn't clockwork. Di- he doesn't dial it back. He doesn't know how to, it's not normal to throw as hard as he does as frequently as he does. I don't know. I think I'm okay if DeGrom goes. I've almost accepted it. I almost consider him gone. I actually think uh, I'd be well, able to He's got one foot out the door. Him. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It feels I, like I would, you, what you just said is so right. I, I would be surprised if he was back with the Mets last, next year. Um, but in the same thing, in the same breath, he's so good. Like he's when so he's good. on, he's, he's just like. Undeniably the best in the game. I, I, I went from, he's so good that I went from, watching every one of his starts 
to not watching every one of his starts solely because I was just getting bored. I don't want to, I didn't want to see like 13 strikeouts of the Marlins every yeah. time he pitches and, and or and not and even just the Marlins. That loss. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need to, I'm not even a Met fan, but I would watch and marvel at, at him, but it's almost like, uh, I guess it's almost like viewer fatigue almost, if that even makes sense. Yeah. But um, I guess, I guess the Mets are some, they had some injury scares also earlier in the week that are, what's the update on those? Yeah. Well, the Mets are lucky that it looks like the Nimmo injury was just some quad tightness. Did you happen to watch that game when Nimmo got hurt? I did uh, not. I did hear about it though. You think so, you so might've told me. Nimmo got banged up, leaves the game. Then McNeil is obviously hurt and they leave him in for some reason. I know these games are important, but like, let's get to the finish line, you know? But yeah. uh, luckily for the Mets, both seem to be minor. They're going into Oakland tonight for a three-game set. They have lined up Chris Bassett, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer. You got to sweep them. You finally got a gift from Philadelphia. Finally, they helped you out. They beat Atlanta last night. Go ahead and sweep Oakland. And I saw Acuna's out of the lineup for the Braves today. So oh, well. probably just a rest day too. But e- even then, it even makes today even more of a must-win for the matter tonight. More of a must-win. This whole They have to sweep them. They can, they can, they're dick going to dictate their future. If they go, if they sweep the athletics three game series, right? So if they go three and oh there, and then I haven't checked up on the brave schedule, but if, if the Braves even, if the Braves even match and win in their next three games, I think you have to see that as a win for the Mets because they didn't, as long as the Braves aren't gaining any ground, it's a win in my opinion. hundred percent. You know, this is the first time the Mets are in Oakland since 2014. That usually doesn't bode well for teams. I, I mean, I'm speaking yeah. for the Yankees, but I mean, the Yankees just went to uh, they went to Milwaukee and kind of just like for the first I, kind of same thing like the first time since like 2017 or something like that. And they almost just like didn't look like they wanted to even be there yeah. other than judge. By the way, you have to feel good about taking two out of three for Milwaukee. I mean, you didn't expect to sweep them. It's a pretty good club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I think. uh after trading Hater and just like the way that team went, I they're 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 pretenders to me. I mean, they're not doing anything. They're okay. They were okay in the beginning of the year. They got off to a good start. They're nothing special. I mean, they got Devin Williams, who I'll tell you this, and I don't want to go into like Milwaukee sports talk, but if <laughs> Devin Williams, if I had to pick a pitcher to throw one inning and not give up a run against the Yankees, it would be Devin Williams. He is just like he the Yankees as a whole lineup struggle so much against low elite changeups and low elite curveballs. That's literally Devin Williams. And I was watching him pitch against the Yankees and just knowing how he pitches. I was like, all right, this is not going to be good because I know what the Yankees struggle with. And this guy might be the best in the league at it. And I it, result played out, but uh, just an aside, um, I don't, I mean, in the talking about back to the Mets who other than the Braves who, it's going to be inevitable that these two Goliaths are going to both face each other down the line. Um, who else other than the Dodgers? I mean, are you still scared of the Cardinals? Do they have any fear in you as far, in terms of playoffs in the Mets? I don't think so. Like, I, I don't believe so. Like, that, like, that's not a team that's on my radar. That's why it's so important that the Mets win the division. To just, yeah. you have to. And they really, they can't afford to play three games and then have to play the Dodgers. And you you definitely want that extra game with uh, Timmy Trumpet playing the trumpets, right? <laughs> That's huge. Today, actually, but, um, actually, the Phillies are favorited today over the Braves, being that 
coming in the lineup. Out. They've Jake Odorizzi on the mound against one Aaron Nola. Uh, it's an, it could be another big opportunity for the Mets. They got a game and a half up. You know, you, you sweep Oakland, maybe you find yourself two and a half, three and a half games up in the, you know. And what's the situation for the Phillies? Where they stand in, in terms of the wild card and such? They're just about out of it. Like, I mean, are you, do you have the standings in front of you, the NL standings? I will or, pull them up right this moment. Because I'm imagining there's, I'd say, probably like only like five teams that are even still viable for an NL wild card spot. Four, maybe. Maybe the Phillies might be that fourth team that's on the outside looking in that even has a shot in the dark still. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think, again, I don't think the the Braves are leaps and bounds ahead of the Phillies. The Phillies are terrible. The Phillies have a spot in the wild card right now, actually. Do they really? Yeah. Well, so what? So what is the wild card right now in the NL? Braves, Padres, Phillies. And then who's who's on the outside looking in right Milwaukee, now? Milwaukee. And that, that's, okay. that's, that's about it. I mean, you have San Francisco. That's about five games under 500. Yeah, there. So, um, anyone that anyone that's over two games right now, I'm kind of considering dead. So let's play this game. Let's say you're the Mets. I'm going to mm-hmm. rattle off teams. I'm going to know your answers to most of them. Are you afraid of the Dodgers? Yes. Yes. Are you afraid of the Cardinals? Uh, so so my my hard answer is no. But what I will say is there. And every post MLB postseason, it to no fail. There's always that one little like storybook team that comes out of nowhere that like is the darling of the postseason for people that their team might be out. And I feel like that's going to be the Cardinals this year. Arenado, Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt's going to win the MVP. Pujols is most. I hope Pujols can get to his 700. He hasn't hit one in a while. I know, but it's just. They seem like that darling of it all. I mean, I, I just just from what I've watched a couple of games here and there. I actually do like. I think the Cardinals are they're like a very slept on team, and I think they'll be uh, definitely more of a contender next year than this year. But I would still say no. That I wouldn't. If I was the Mets, I think the Mets beat them probably going away. Maybe they sneak a game or two. How about the Braves? Yeah, I let's would. Not, I'm scared let, of the Braves. Let's not talk about the. the let's not talk about the division. Like, let's say a series with Atlanta. Uh, so, well, you, my stance on the Mets has been this whole time has been, if you can, if I was an opposing manager, I would say, just get the pitch count up. I don't care what the score is, get the pitch count up. I want to get to their bullpen as early as possible. I because. I, I know I, there's like a little window where the Mets can be beat, and that's that's when their starter can't go six plus, it's a and they need to sit even we'll even say six seventh eighth for the postseason. Yeah, and if you can get to that window, and because you got to think if you can get three innings of of the Mets bullpen not named Edwin Diaz, that means that your best hitters, your one two three, will face a most likely below average reliever. And that's, I think that's a recipe for success. I wouldn't even say most likely. I, I, I think I would say definitely because I would even consider Adam Avino maybe average. And then outside of that, you, you have nothing. Yeah. It's, and it's, and that's uh, my, that's been my stance the whole time. You can call me Yankee boy. You can call me a Met hater. Call me whatever you want. But I'm, I would be stunned. I would be really stunned if the Mets won the World Series solely because of that i think that te- teams as you go further the te- teams will be better at exposing that like the dodgers you're not going to be able to go 
six innings, 70 pitches against the Dodgers. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And, and my old stance about how like, well, you know, you're going to be able to throw some starters in the bullpen. David Peterson looks dreadful. Uh, yeah, who, who are you throwing in the bullpen? Yeah. I, well, I don't, I don't want to kill McGill cause he came back for one game, but he had a bad inning. Um, but you hope that he could be a force in the bullpen. They need some sort of reinforcement there. All right. How yeah. about the Padres? Not, not whatsoever. I mean, they, they got their star studded, but I think they're they're just totally backbroken by the Tatis news. Uh, yeah. It was just a total talk about clubhouse vibe. That's just a total clubhouse vibe killer. Um, n- not scared whatsoever. I'm more scared of the Cardinals than I am the Padres easily. Not even close. And then the Phillies. No, I think the Phil. And and if you can find me the uh the the team that changed coach in the middle of the year and then even won a playoff series, I I'd say it would probably count them on one hand so right yeah so so the Mets, the Mets need to win this division they they need the Braves to go up against the Dodgers and at least get one of those teams eliminated before you have to see them I, yeah I, as much as as we're complaining about the pitching and saying we can't see them win a championship with it it's it just the chances just astronomically drop if they have to play a three-game wild card set yeah and because that's also another especially with a guy like DeGrom and not really even Scherzer because he's, he's really tried and true in the postseason. but I mean, even DeGrom, Oh, here, here's how I'll flip this question. How do you feel about where I know DeGrom has amazing regular season numbers. I haven't really checked his postseason numbers, but very good, but it's been a long time. That's what I'm saying. Like DeGrom, we know DeGrom has changed his pitch style. We know he's obviously, gotten older and has has battled through injury after injury so as a Met fan who do you want to start game one you want I'm assuming you want Scherzer I if I was a Met fan I'd want Scherzer because only because he's I've seen it happen before and even if it was a coin flip I think that tilts the coin in my favor but that's almost like saying you'd want Nestor Cortez to start the first game of the postseason well, well, no, a little different, a little bit different because I've seen I've seen Garrett Cole fold in that spot. So a little bit different. But that that would make it more so. Right. Like that would make it more so that you would want Cortez to. Well, yes, but my but for the DeGrom versus Scherzer, it's not like you've seen DeGrom fold in the postseason. We haven't really seen DeGrom like fold his bad start. He strikes out 13. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So you're what are you team Scherzer or DeGrom? I think when you have the best pitcher on the planet, that's your ace. You throw him out there. I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not trying to upset Jacob Degrom uh, to kick off a postseason run. Yeah, Degrom, huge listener of the pod, by the way. <laughs> Degrom. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So <laughs> we got we I got some important football games to get into. Yeah, definitely some important football games. Uh, Jets and Giants looking like are they good? Uh, the Giants might be. I mean, you know how like you know how many things had to go incorrectly for Cleveland to to lose that game. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, really. If and by the way, everyone's talking about Nick Chubb going into the end zone, not taking the. I don't want to kill him for that because you're going up thirteen with the. How you about know, you recover an onside kick? Not even that. Before that play even happens, where Nick Chubb scores, he runs out of bounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I like, did. I did hear that. Or it I didn't just, see it. It was just a. It was a concoction of just so many just peculiar things from the Browns and we're not even talking about them. The jets, if, if they do one thing, right. 
Well, how about last night? Last night, did you watch the Thursday night game last night at all? No. So last night, the it's like a minute left or so, and the Steelers are down by, I think it was like nine or something like that. Something weird. Like, I think if they, because what was the final score? Whatever it was. 29-17. So they actually recovered a fumble in the end zone at the end of the game. So 29-17, that's 12-6. So they were up by, the, the Browns are up by six. Or, no, I'm sorry, they must have been up by 13. They're up by 13, and the Steelers score. So now they're only up by six with, like, a minute left. And the, the Steelers kicked an onside kick, and it got past that little front line. They didn't recover it, though, right? No, it, but okay. it went at a – it like, it was one of those weird things where the, the gunner was running along the side, and it was really a race between the ball and the sideline – and the gunner on the Steelers, not any Browns. Like you the would, Browns, you, you would think you easily not it. got that. You would think yeah. that's something you would work on all week. Oh, short I, week, but they they could have won that game by a million. I think the story in the Browns locker room today would would still be what's going on in these onside kicks. Yeah, but what, what's whatever. driving me crazy? What's driving me crazy about Jeff fans right now is this notion that if Flacco happens to go out there and win again, that you you got to just keep playing them. Give me a break. Mm. Give me a break. It's not it's not the difference between making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. It's not even close to that. We're talking about winning what five games compared to maybe six or seven. Come on. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not gonna advocate for Flacco to be the Jets starting quarterback. But what I will say is and and I don't know how do I put this? What I will say is that if the Jets somehow find a way to like squeak out of this Zach Wilson list stretch, like three and one somehow, I wouldn't hate saying, hey, Zach, we're rolling right now. Take another week, like relax, like uh, ride the hot hand a little bit. It's not like, again, you need people need to stop thinking of the Jets that they're going to win the Super Bowl because they're not going to, regardless of who's that quarterback. So knowing that, why would you like why why not get a couple wins? Get, like if if you're gonna ride the hot hand, why rush him back? Like for what? What is it really gonna make a difference whether Zach Wilson plays nine games versus ten? Like uh, no. I to me it's not. I, I just want him back out there. Um I, we, I, I agree, but we, we kind of alluded to this last time we spoke, and we and we're both on the Bengals, obviously, and it's mostly because they're 0-2 and they really need to win a game. But let's say they didn't, and the Jets start off two and one. You'd go into that week against the Steelers, like feeling pretty good that you could start three and one. Yeah, and that's but that's what I'm saying. If you win this week, which we literally have seen before, like we said, it could happen. It could yeah. happen. Like and there, the Bengals have not looked good. No, there's a world where the Jets can just dominate that offensive line and take control of the football game. They could. Yeah. Uh, and and I think honestly, talking about game script, uh, there uh, there is a world where you're right. They do dominate the offensive line, and then the, I think it helps the Jets where they wouldn't in that situation they wouldn't even have to rely really on Flacco to really he's they can make him a glorified game manager. I think it's a recipe that is very undersung and like kind of people a lot of it happens all the time, but. People don't really realize it because they're so enamored by stats and kind of highlights and everything. But you can win in the NFL with a great defense and a game manager and a good run game. I, I really think you can. 
not a championship. Uh, see, I I don't know because I think you Jimmy can Garoppolo win. is that, and I think he got to he never won, but he got there. You can count on one hand probably the amount of average to below average quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl. Like we know the names off the top of our head. Eli Manning. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I was I'm just a not an Eli hater, but you know I'm maybe an Eli hater, like a closeted Eli hater. What what would be your key? What would be your keys to success for the Jets this week? How, how do the Jets approach this game? Well, I think the first drive is going to be huge because the first drive. First, let me put it this this way: the first defensive drive for the Jets is going to be huge because if you, if the Bengals come out and they just go up and down the field on you and gain some confidence, they're going to keep the ball rolling and they're going to absolutely just slaughter the Jets. I think, but if the Jets can maybe hit Burrow, not necessarily even a sack, but, you know, put him, put him on the floor once or twice in a drive, even if they allow a first down or two, put him on the floor, make it known, put in the back of his mind or even the front of his mind that, well, maybe my offensive line really is this bad. Yeah. And, and I didn't worry rush, about this. And then he's going to rush throws and that, you know, could lead to a turnover or two. Yeah. Um, and usually, usually for NFL, I'm very offensive oriented in terms of, I guess, game planning and just like how I think about games. But I think for the Jets, it's all going to start in the defense this week because, like I said, you need to let Joe Burrow almost like reassure what, what everyone is saying about the Bengals now. If you can get Joe Burrow to think that, wow, I I can't have any time against the Jets who aren't any sort of defense to write home about, then you're. I think it's going to be – instant panic mode. And I think that that's how you win when you get a quarterback to be in panic mode. That's how you win. So I would say, I think last week, my, my big thing was whoever scores first will win. Now I think it's, if the jets can get a a good quality stop on the first defensive drive of the game, I think that's a good recipe for success there. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited about that game, which I didn't think I'd be excited about a jet game, uh, you know, this early this season. I'm, I, I, I mean, I was excited for the Jets going into the season. It, the balloon kind of got deflated a little bit with the Zach Wilson injury because, I mean, I, I, do, I, do I get excited about watching Joe Flacco? No, I'm never going to say, ooh, let me go put my Joe Flacco jersey on. I actually I actually got a Zach Wilson jersey the end of last year, and I just want to wear it. And, like, I feel stupid wearing it and watching Joe Flacco as my quarterback. So I haven't – I'm yet to put it on, but – uh, I'm waiting for the day, but are you going to the game? I don't know. I'm thinking about it still. Uh, I'm probably I'm probably out on that. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm going to flip a coin Sunday morning and maybe I'll maybe I'll do it. But anyway, before we uh, go around the league, make picks, talk about some of these, uh, these other games. Wait, we got to talk about the Giants. I was going to say, do we like the Giants to go three and oh? I think I I think I do. I think like, I, do also. I'm, I don't believe this Cooper Rush. Rush. No, me neither. Me neither. It's it's like I don't know. I feel like it isn't me, or do you feel like cowboy fans are very Yankee fan-ish in that, like, yeah, we love you when you're good, but as soon as you do wrong or as soon as you aren't playing, we can do without you. Do you get that feeling with them? Because yeah. that's how I feel they feel about Dak. Yeah, isn't it interesting that there's a lot of cowboy slash Yankee fans? I interesting it's called front running. Yeah, there's probably like a small window. I mean, it's probably if you think about it, the Yankees were probably those late 90s kids. Yeah, 
that were probably like all front runners that said, oh, I love the Cowboys. Oh, I have a blue and white Yankee hat. What football team? Dark blue and white. Let me wear this to the Cowboys game and I'll be a Cowboy fan. So it doesn't surprise me, but I get a lot of Cow- Yankee fan vibes from the Cowboy fans. By the way, Cooper Rush didn't play well or anything. No, it, another one. That's a, like another one that wins the game as a game manager. The What I will say, though, I think Micah Parsons is going to be an issue for the, the Giants offensive line. And I think you're going to see a lot of Giants offensive game plan solely let's run away from Micah Parsons. Yeah, Barkley's going to catch a lot of passes. I, I think so, too. And I... I I really uh, this is a Daniel Jones test because I think that the Cowboys will get pressure on Jones, maybe not necessarily resulting in a sack, but I think just as throwing with people at your feet is always difficult. So but I, that being said, I think the Giants, I, I have faith in Dable to game plan around that. I, I do. I think I'm at that point with him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm I mean gonna, it's, I'm, it's minus one. So, yeah, I know it's just like a pick them pretty much. The over under is only thirty nine, which is. I'm gonna Crazy. bet the over. I'm gonna bet the I th- over. I think I like the over too, but like that's so it's very suspiciously low. I feel I mean t- could it be a 21 21 24 game? Yeah, I, I would I, I would think so. 21 winning team kicks a field goal. <laughs> I, I mean I I don't know, but you want to go around the league? Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's see. We got first game. I'll look at one o'clock Lions versus Vikings. Where is that? That's in Minnesota. The Vikings are favored by six. This is a tough. Doesn't that feel? Wise, this is a does, tough week. Doesn't that feel like a lot of points for a team that just got embarrassed and the Lions have been playing pretty well? Yeah, but I think people are very, very high on the Vikings still. I just think that, well, because they played the Eagles, right? So I think. The takeaway from the Eagles game was not that the Vikings were bad, but it was just that the Eagles were that good. Yeah, but they got dominated. They were favored. They were favored. I, I think. I, but when you when you factor in that people were high on the Eagles, they needed some reassurance, and the whole Kirk Cousins primetime nonsense that he can't play in primetime. What is that? It's it's so weird. It's so but weird. He maybe it's true. Who knows? Uh, but. Uh, I think I, I don't know what I like. It's, this is a really tough week. I'm just looking at it right now. And there's a lot of home dogs, uh, very short lines, suspiciously low lines that like, I even saw that before that, like 90% of the people are on the chiefs this week. Like actually not, not, a not even speaking uh, out of term, but very like actually 90 plus percent are on the chiefs this week, which is crazy. Well, but uh, yeah, that, I like crazy. I mean, ninety percent on anything is ridiculous. It's yeah, it's usually always ends up because what you got to think they make these lines to get to fifty fifty. But so when ninety percent is on one, that means that people think that the line is off, which right. is always suspicious in the betting world. But yeah, go five, over the next five, game. Five and a half. The Chiefs. Yeah. Go over the next game. Ravens Patriots. Let's not even waste our time. No, come on. That's definitely a noteworthy game. The Patriots aren't aren't good. They're not, but again, that's another one. The Ravens are only giving three. Yeah, yeah, that that, that is fishy. It's it's. I think it's an of of note. I mean, if you want to do buy into the the narrative that Lamar Jackson is 
out for vengeance on a contract year? Well, I, I think he's just going to get franchised regardless. But do you think he's playing for something to like prove almost? Uh, I mean, yeah, but he's also just, he's played well. I mean, I, I don't know. He, he's always good. Um, you know, you know what annoys me? The Lamar to the Giants rumors. Yeah, no, no, no. It's don't. If you think that, don't. It's not happening. Um, all right. Patriots aren't good. Ravens are. I think a jury's still out on them. I, I mean, Lamar Jackson's amazing, but I still have my questions about the Ravens. Um, Saints at Panthers. Saints are giving two and a half. Yeah, I like the Saints. I, I think Baker Mayfield is just an unserious quarterback. I he's such a I would if he was my quarterback, I would just not watch. Dude, and he like I've never seen someone of that talent level talk so much. Like yeah. after week one, uh, what was the the the, surf, the the quotes resurface about how he he said he was gonna f up the Browns. Yeah, happen. Then after that week worked. two, he loses to the Giants. What did he say about Daniel Jones? Oh, I just I don't take you seriously if you draft Daniel Jones. At some point, you gotta win. Yeah, I mean he's I'll got a, he's a perfect example of a guy that talks a lot and just doesn't back it up. No, quite frankly, he, he does um, a lot of commercials though. So first, so I take it that you like the Saints minus two and a half. Yeah, I do. Okay, even I, they look like they look like shit last week against the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, they really did. I mean, the Bucks defense, I think, is I would argue is probably the I would say they've looked the most impressive in the league, yeah, it in has my to opinion, be among the top three defenses in the NFL. Yep. All right, so now we're gonna get into the next game, Texans Bears, which. I'm good. Everyone's going everyone's to sit here. You might say you're good. Everyone might skip this part of the podcast. The Texans are my sniff of the week. I Davis Mills are, I is that's not a sniff, it, but it is. No, it's, it's any not. dog. It's any underdog. Oh, they are the God. underdog. Oh, God. I mean, what do you want me? What do you want me to pick? You want me to pick a game that I don't like? I mean, you, want, just... you want me to take the let's see. Who am I going to take here? I'll take the uh, I know I have no chance to win it. But let me go grab the Colts money line at home against the, Bears, the Chiefs. The Bears are three point dogs at home. It's a sniff. It's I mean, my I'm sniff. I'm sorry. The Texans are, are three point dogs on the road. Yeah. No. It's it's a it's a play because the Bears home is like a people think that. I mean, the Bears have one win. The Texans have zero. I think it would be wrong for the Texans to be favorited. Yeah. But it's my sniff. I think Davis Davis Mills. 417 yards, two two touchdowns. He's a better quarterback than Justin Fields. I think the Browns are I running agree with in, that. in okay, so better quarterback. They've literally been pesky. The they should have won that first game, but again, the, the Texans are going to Texan. They played a really good game against the Broncos, who I know they didn't look impressive at all and still don't look impressive, but like look at the roster that the Broncos have, and then look at the Texans roster. It should not have been that close. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, so if we're gonna call this a sniff, I'm with you. I, I also like Houston. Okay, cool. You're with me. Nice. Uh, next game, we just kind of spoke about Chiefs giving five and a half at the Colts. If you go on TikTok and any sort of gambling TikTok, I bet you someone says something about the line in this game because it is possible. This could be the most fishy line of all. Yeah, I'm still not buying it though. In what sense? I, I just. I, I, I'm a proponent of someone who believed in Indianapolis. I lost a lot of money on Indi- Indianapolis two weeks in a row. They're not good. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan doesn't look good. I, come on. I, so the, you're the laying Chiefs, the five and a half. They, they have to win by a touchdown, right? They, they have to. But that's the thing. Like, 
Why is it that? I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I like the Chiefs myself. But if I if I looked at the spread and it said 13, I wouldn't have bat an eye. That, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. so, five. It's almost like they're giving like the low end of all the speculation. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, so I like the over in that game. If I'm being honest, 51. I think that's. I mean, I think the the Chiefs can put up 30 in an, a blink of an eye. There. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all you need is if they put up. It was 35 to. 14 or 35 to 17. I think that if you were to bet the over, you would probably be thinking to yourself that the chiefs are going to win by more than a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So hop right into the next game bills. I'm sorry. Oh, we'll go to that game first bills dolphins. That's like the poster game of the entire weekend. Two of the teams that are the most people are the most high on. The Dolphins are an absolutely electric offense. Sniff of the week last week. Here's my hang on the rim. Great call by me. Never in doubt again. But I love the Dolphins. And what I had said last week was, uh, I think the Dolphins offense is going to be up there with the Bills and the Chiefs. And I think this is going to be a high scoring affair. The number is 53 and a half, which is fairly, fairly high. Probably the highest of this week. Um, and the Bills are favored by five points going to Miami. What do you feel about that? I think that's a fair line. I'm vastly impressed by the Dolphins, but until I see Buffalo struggle a little bit, until I see one bump in the road, I'm, I'm just not betting against the Buffalo Bills. I agree. And I think that for three quarters of that last game, the Dolphins were getting like a little bit embarrassed by the Ravens. It was like not – It was I wasn't really even watching too much, but they yeah. – I was really – I wasn't watching their defense as much as I was watching their offense. But – and then when they started turning it on, it's almost like they could flip that switch and they need to, like, find something that will allow them to flip that switch. Maybe it's just the hype of this game, Will, uh, will make the Dolphins come out in quarter one and start playing from quarter one to quarter four. But I think I like the Bills, too. I think the Bills are, are – are the Bills a touchdown better than the Dolphins? I think so. I think so too. I hope yeah. we, I hope that that game is, and you know, I'm a red zone guy, but um, I, I hope that that's a game we get to watch it. I don't think it will be because we're probably going to get the Jet game at one o'clock and then the Eagle game at one o'clock. I would think, unless they do that weird like Jets on CBS at one, Eagles on CBS at four, and then the no, I mean no, because they're all on at one. Hmm. Yeah, you maybe not, but maybe that might be a Fox game. Yeah, so I I like the Bills. That's I think they win this game. I also like the over. We'll move on to the next game. Raiders at Titans. Two teams that are very much so underachieving in many people's eyes. Uh the Titans do not look good on any facet of the game. Offense, defense, they can't run the ball with Derrick Henry, which I think it's just an indictment on the coaching staff, to be honest, because, I mean, what more do you need to run the ball than Derrick Henry? Uh, yeah, the Titans, and the Raiders. The Titans had a minute, and I, I think the minute's over. Yeah, I mean, it's a Ryan Tannehill-led team. Yeah. People got really high on him, and I think, like, as soon as you get high on Ryan Tannehill, you you just know uh, you're, you're probably doomed from there. But um, as for the Raiders, another team that – they get Devontae Adams. They have an amazing, they have a really good season last year. They have all these weapons, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. Their, their offense should be electric. 
Uh, it's looking like they're they need a little bit of more time to gel, I think. And I, I I'll say right now that I think the Raiders will be better than the Titans, and I think the Raiders are definitely going to be playing meaningful games later in the year. But well, it's going to start with this win. I mean, you, you really can't yes. fall behind zero and three in that division. Uh, I think I think the Raiders probably feel the urgency a little bit more. Um, I also like the Raiders, and I think that this is this is the this is a game for both teams that are this is like a season shifting game i think you can't go oh and three is almost almost being out in the nfl very close to just being out especially what especially for the raiders who are in an absolute monster division you can't go you just can't go to oh and three so if you want to play the angle of importance to the game i think the raiders this game means way more to the raiders than it does the titans so i like the raiders there um i'll move right on to the next game Chargers are home, giving three to the Jaguars, which is a lot of a lot of Jaguar love there. But I think Herbert was questionable, among others. I think Keenan Allen was questionable. Um, but definitely, definitely an interesting line to look at. Only pretty much saying that they're even. You would have to think that's going to move, right? Well, I, I'm not sure what it opened at, but I would assume, yeah, it looks like it opened at seven. Now the line's three. I guess they're just going to assume that Herbert's not going to play, which for fantasy would, I mean, we just put a, put a nail in my fantasy season early, I think. Is, is that where we're at, though? Do, do we not expect him to play? He was didn't practice today, and they said he's going to be a game-time decision. Oh. It's Friday again, so it's looking kind of grim. I mean, the, it, even Keenan Allen, again, is questionable. Do they? Do the Jaguars, I mean, do the, the Chargers look at this game and say, we have bigger fish to fry? But, like, can they do that? Uh, I, do they, I don't so, know. But this is one of those games that you have on the schedule where you're like, all right, that's a win and it has to be. But do the, I think the backup quarterback for the Chargers is Chase Daniel. Do they think they can beat the, Jag- the Jaguars at home with Chase Daniel? <laughs> maybe. I mean, like, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, Jaguars, I I'm not high in the Jaguars, but. So well, let's say Herbert doesn't play. Do, do, we, do we like Jacksonville, do we think? Well, I think, I think Jacksonville – would ha- it have to be either a pick'em or Jacksonville would might might even be favored, but like I don't know because I think the Chargers' defense is still good. Like I, I don't, it's not like Justin Herbert is a defensive player, like a TJ Watt kind of guy. Like it's not like that. I don't know. I don't know. I would say far away from that game. I would. I guess another angle you could take is to bet it now in hopes that Herbert plays and plays yeah. well. That's but what I, that's what I was thinking, and then that's kind of what you're betting on at that point. Yeah, but um, that's tough. Hard to say my pick in that game. Yeah, I'm not even gonna give one. Uh, Falcons Seahawks. I'm good. Drake London, he's amazing. I'm good. Uh, minus the Seahawks are minus one against the Falcons. I I might watch like five minutes of that game. I'm yeah. I'm good. <sighs> um, next game, which is an is another interesting one. We're now into the four. Well, actually, we're past the four o'clock window, but. Rams are giving three and a half at the Cardinals. Cardinals are, what do you think about the Cardinals? Um, I think they look better than I thought they were going to look. And I think the Rams look worse than I thought they were going to look. But I would think that the Rams are going to turn a corner at some point. But is this that game on the road against the Cardinals? I don't know. But they're, they're in Arizona and they're three and a half point favorites. Yeah, that's saying a lot, honestly. And and let me just for a frame of reference again, and I'll 
I'll do, I'll keep doing this for any game that I feel like it's significant. But so after this game, they go, the char- the Rams go at the 49ers, then versus the Cowboys at home. Then they have, they have three straight home games, including a bye week. So maybe yeah. they can see this game as maybe not one they can necessarily lose, but like if they lose this game, they still have time to get on track and get healthy and kind of figure stuff out maybe for the Rams. Um, yeah. That's, uh, that's another tough. It's just a, again, I say it all the time. This is a tough slate. This is this a mean, really tough slate. I mean, they got beat down by the bills to kick off the season and they just hardly beat Atlanta. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I think about this game. I don't, I don't really have a read on the Rams yet. Uh, they're definitely not the Super Bowl contender that they no. were, but they're definitely like right in that like B level of team. I feel like, and but I think so are the Cardinals. You know, if I if I had to make a pick, I would say I would like the Cardinals to cover. I I kind of like that too, actually. I mean, just just because they're home, getting three and a half, and I can make the case that they're the better team. I'll take that all the time. Yeah, yeah, that that's where I think I'll go. But I I do like the over. I, I do too. I, th- that, I think the play might be uh the play might be to tease the Cardinals with the the over. That yeah. might be the play there. Oh, that's yeah, a nice play. That's actually a very nice idea. Um, all right, next game. I'm arguably, gonna, this- I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna bet that. All right, you're welcome. The second, the second biggest game of the day, I would say, yeah, uh, is Brady against Rogers. Brady home, looking uh, malnourished as ever, and his <laughs> offense also looking malnourished. Um, I don't know what's going on with Brady, and I argue with my friends who are all huge Brady guys. He's they say he's fine. He's fine. He'll be okay. He'll figure it out. Not doubting that he'll figure it out. But the game, this game is not happening in, in figure it out time. This game is happening on Sunday. It's not happening after he figured it out. He's, I think they still need to figure it out. No Evans. I think Julio Jones is even questionable. I don't think Chris Godwin's back. Uh, who's he going to throw the ball to? They literally signed Cole Beasley this week. But when you say who's he going to throw the ball to, I mean, who's Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball to? We saw how much he struggled week one against a pretty good defense in Minnesota. I, the, the Bucks, like we just said, are, are – a bona fide top three defense, I would think. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. What I would say is if you're like an Aaron Rodgers fantasy owner, if you have another option, I would sit him this week. Sit Rodgers? I would. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, I just, I, I, I think Green Bay is going to have a really tough time. And if they were home, I'd like Green Bay. Since they're not, I like the Buccaneers. The over-under is 42. That's a low over-under for this game. But also, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers, like, score 10 points, you know? Yeah, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if both – if this is, like, a 13-10 a game. Which would just be – like, like, that's a shame. Yeah. Like, that, that's our – the football that we watch just going out the window. When when Brady and Rodgers, the over-under is set at 42. Yeah, it's it's the end. I'm yeah. nearing the end there. Yeah. Um. All right, Sunday night cap. Well, what, uh, what did you, you didn't give a pick there. Oh. Hmm. I'm going with Brady. I mean, yeah. my 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 whole idea on that is if I can get any home Brady under like a touchdown, yeah, I like it. And it's only one, so I'll I'd probably just take the Bucks on the money line there. Um, next game, interesting for many reasons. I think there's a lot of different like ways you could look at this game. Uh, 49ers are at Denver, two teams that are like kind of they. How do I say this? They, they came into the season with high hopes. 
and they are still both hopeful that those hopes can ring true, but maybe it has shifted a little bit. For instance, I think the 49ers were all in on this Trey Lance year where they were so high in Trey Lance. Unfortunately, Trey Lance suffers the injury. Terrible to watch. We went over that, I think, uh, on our, our recap. But then they still have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's no no just backup. He's a he's a starting quarterback and most a lot of teams, I think, still. And so I think they get the win last week and maybe they can rally around Jimmy Garoppolo and still have the same hopes. Yeah, I said this last time we uh, we had a show that I, I think in the now the 49ers are better off with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. Um, I do believe in Denver home field advantage. Um, but I, I think I like the 49ers. I I haven't seen anything from Denver that gets me one iota excited. Well, I would say I'm going to go against you on this because I think this might be the week where the Broncos can figure it out. They, I mean, you got to think of just schedule wise, right? So the first week they, they're at Seattle, all the emotions there and they, they lose that game by one and Seattle obviously is not going to be any team to write home about either, but okay. You give the, give them the excuse of Russell Wilson going to his, his former team on Monday night football. Uh, you give him that excuse. Cool. Next game, they play the Texans who I still think are a very scrappy team and are going to be just in games, maybe not win games, but they will be in games and they beat them by seven points. Sure. I mean, if you think about it, they didn't play a great game, but they were probably a, six seven point favorite so they covered the spread that's exactly what they were predicted to do if you want to think about it like that i mean the way that i'm seeing it is could you go out there and score more than 16 points well i think this is the week they do that but this is the toughest defense they're gonna have to have seen so far you're you're right but i i also think i'm also a big believer in uh the the new quarterback to new weapon gel time i'll say and i think that russell wilson still needs that with everyone uh, on his team I mean, they lose. Is Judy playing? I'm I'm not even sure if Judy's active, but uh, he lost Judy. Cortland Sutton had a great game last week. They got two studs at running back. I think that's just too good of an offense to, and I trust Russell Wilson too much. I like the, I like the Broncos here. Actually, crazy me so much so that I think I'm making the Broncos my pick in our pool this week. Oh, uh, well, I'll, I'll live and die by Russell let's, Wilson. Let's, let's just put it like that. Let's get to that right after we finish this game off. But, um, I, I, you know what? That that's a nice Sunday night game. It always yeah, is. Yeah, I, I agree. But that that's a nice Sunday night game. All right, you wanna you wanna make some picks and then get out of here. Yeah, uh, I'm on. I just told you my sniff was the Texans, and then I like the Broncos to just straight beat the 49ers. Are we doing this with the spread, or is this like our survivor sort of? No, this will be our pick 'em survivor failed debauchery. So. Okay. What's what's your pick? This is a, this if I of, went, that means you're next. This is a, t- <laughs> this is a tougher <laughs> tougher week than I thought. Um, Thank yeah, it's kind of kind of crazy. You know, I I keep getting burned taking these away teams, and I know we talked about how fishy the line is here. You're gonna I, use the hold on. I can't. I before you say the Chiefs, let me just say this. You know, you can save these teams till the end when they're more of a surefire win. Just saying. All right, but I mean, I, I I don't I don't love any game. I don't. Well, what about how about this? Well, you know what? I am forgetting that it's not a 
a regular being that we're two people that's not a regular survivor pool you know yeah like, i can lose and be okay yeah it's you're it's not a survivor it's just we're not reusing the same teams in that give, sense give me give me the ravens Wow. Okay. I don't, I like I like that pick way more than the chiefs. The only because only because the, the, I think the chiefs are just going to have a game where you'll want to take them more and you'll feel more confident about it. Yeah. With my luck, I would have taken the chiefs and they would have lost and I would have wasted them. All right. So good, good. You're, you're welcome again. So let's see recap. <laughs> I gave you your pick. I gave you your bet yeah, of the bet. week. I do like uh, that. Oh, I gave yeah. you an underdog of the week that you also said you'd like to win. Well, but uh, what else you want? <laughs> underdog yeah. the Jays. All right. Well, uh, I can use a hundred. What are you up to this? What are you up to this weekend? You said you were thinking about the Jet game Sunday. Thinking about it. I, I really don't have much going on. Yeah. No. I. Oh, I really actually, either, actually but... I'm going to. I don't know why. I'm going to Global Citizens Festival tomorrow. Don't even look at the lineup. It's not good. I just I I locked into tickets and I'm you know just gonna go. Oh, who's the Who's the headliner? I don't know who's headlining, but uh, the likes of the Jonas Brothers and Mariah Carey will be. Uh, Get out of here! You know? No way. Yeah, I, the I Jonas figured, Brothers. Yeah, I figured why not. In full trio. Yeah, yeah, they've been back. Wait, that's kind of electric. They've been they've been back for like a, a little while. They're back. We'll be back sometime I'll, later. I'll this record. Week. Uh, I'll record burning up for you i'll send it over all right cool that's one of my favorites but uh we'll be back later this week um probably hopefully talking about judge breaking a record uh talking about i definitely need we definitely need to have a more baseball oriented pod about you know just some of our thoughts going forward as in regards to playoff lineups and rotation and stuff so we'll get that sometime this week um probably like yeah probably tuesday wednesday maybe where it's not really a football day so uh, as always, thanks for listening. Reach out to us on on the Instagram. Uh, send us some questions, any topics you want us to talk about. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy football.